going on, everybody? Welcome back for another episode here on the MCU Reviewed. We've got a wonderful show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking Captain America, the first Avenger. Ah, John. Oh, man. All right, Del, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I I got Marvel. Oh, I have Thor Ragnarok, so I dropped the ball there. I apologize. You didn't drop the ball. You're never wrong for representing Thor Ragnarok. No, it's all good. Absolutely. We've we've got the usual crew here today. Episode five, guys. Week five. So we're we're uh, we're making some progress here. MCU is heating up. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me, as always, Disruptoid himself, John Fick. John, how are you doing today? So there's like probably a trillion Funko Pops, but this is, I think, objectively the best Funko Pop. There's there's a million of them, there's a trillion of them, but this is the best one. World War II cap, come on, that's so cool. That's that so is cool. a good one. I'm well, no doubt way. about it. Doing all right. Got the shield and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. The Platinum King himself, Rashawn Anderson. Rashawn, how are you today? I'm great. I'm great. What's going on, everybody? Talking some Captain America today. I've been waiting for this episode. I mean, I wait for every episode, but especially for Cap. Let's let's do it. Listen, we had a lot of. Uh, Geekiverse members want to want to be a part of this, and uh, unfortunately, we only have the 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 four you know seats here, the four virtual <laughs> seats. But we want everyone to get in the conversation. MCU sh- is such a topic, man. It's a hot topic. I don't blame them. And the show's heating up too. Uh, as always, our show is presented by the wonderful folks over at Fantastic uh, Division of Twenty Six Shirts. So joining us is now Geekiverse veteran Del Reed. Del, you're looking great in your Ragnarok shirt. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I am very happy to be a part of another one of these rewatches. I have such a good time with you guys. Thank you for having me. Well, we have a great time with you, too. Uh, Always a good discussion. As we mentioned today, it's Captain America, the first Avenger. So last pre-Avengers movie here, the last origin story in phase one here. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about the film. First reactions, how many times you've seen it in theaters, all of the above. John, we'll start right with you. Yeah, uh, fun movie, man. Um, I feel like uh, most of these origin stories, I, I like them more the more I watch them. Where I, I think like before before rewatching this Captain America yesterday, I was like, okay, it's it's Cap, it's the beginning, it's it's a solar movie, it's whatever. I'll, you know, I'll get through it. I was kind of thinking about it in the same light that I thought of Thor in, but I think that I like this a lot better. Um, I had a lot more fun with it. I, I think that has to do a lot to, a lot to do with the fact that like Cap has really become like my favorite Avenger. I think. Um, not because of this movie, of course. It was, you know, not not his best showing, but uh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was a fun rewatch. Rashawn, hey, time out, John. I thought you were an Iron Man guy. Hey, man, people grow, people change. I mean, you, you, you could be both, but I, I mean, I was looking forward to us having a little, you know, banter about I Civil War. But I might, I, I, I might flip. Him. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm on his side for Civil I'm War. Or not. Who knows? <laughs> um, Wait for that one. Let me tell you right now. Because more so than like just the rankings at the end, that one's gonna get crazy with like Team Cap and Team Iron Man. Oh, because yeah. I'll tell you what, in the lead up to that movie, the Geekiverse was pretty divided. I was so prepared I to wait. light John up, so that's why I'm like, hey, he's a Cap guy. I don't, I don't know. We'll see if he flip flops. <laughs> I might. I might. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, man. But for me, uh, first impression with Captain America: The First Avenger, man. Where do I start? Um, for me, I guess just just to get it out there, like. Last week I mentioned with Thor, the one thing I was nervous about with that when they announced that is how cheesy it would be. Um, And I also mentioned uh, a hint that I was going to give out in terms of um, there were, I said there were two superheroes that I really just 
quite frankly despised as a kid because I didn't, I just didn't get them. Um, Thor was one of them, like we talked about last week. Uh, and I lied, there's actually three. The second one is Superman. Uh, the third one is Captain America. Uh, and the way all three have been portrayed on screen for me have made me grow to love those characters. We'll talk about Superman another day because people are probably like, what? We'll talk about that another day. But for Captain America, man, what they did with uh, uh, Chris Evans' uh, rendition of this is is amazing. This made Captain America from the Justice America, you know, freedom. Like, it took it from that shtick uh, back in the day to, like, oh, no, like, Captain America is actually, like, awesome. Uh, so I can't wait to get into this. <clears throat> We'll talk about Superman more once we get finally to the DCEU reviewed, right? Eh? Eh? Maybe. We'll talk about I'm it. Down, it would be, be brutal. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. So, uh, Dell, thoughts on uh, Captain America, the first Avenger? I love this movie. I, I, I love it. And, and while it didn't make Cap my favorite uh, my Avenger, which he is now, I think it took a little while for me to get there. I still I absolutely love this movie. I think it's so great the way that they position him and his personality because he's it's such a tough thing because he's like Superman so much about truth, justice, the American way kind of uh, that's his whole motif. And it just to, if they were to try to bring him into like introduce him in this time period, you know, that we live in now, I think he'd come off like really like jingoist or, or corny. But the way that they're able to work him in to the World War Two um timeline which obviously that's where he came from originally anyways but um i just think it, it works so well they, they, this was such a tough thing for the movie makers to get right and you know it, it, it had been tried a couple times in the past maybe just once in the past i don't know maybe those are made for tv movie or something but it was always cheesy like captain america was cheesy um but they just did such a great service to who steve rogers is and why he is the way he is i, I love this movie and i'm gonna gush about it for the next hour i'm just warning you <laughs> you're not alone uh yeah i think uh overall marvel did a really nice job with taking characters like captain america and thor in particular as we mentioned uh and establishing them as i guess not totally abandoning their their cheesy selves but finding a, a good way to kind of curb it and make it cool yeah and gra- uh, in ground a them a little bit too like that i think that was the first thing i was thinking of when Dell was talking about like we kind of have reasons for why cap is so like all American and, and so into justice, like they ground it with that desire to want to participate in World War II and want to, you know, serve for his country. It just, you know, feels right. Yeah, I think it does. Um, this movie, you know, we'll get into some of the the box office stuff in just a moment. But I, um, I, so I saw this in theaters, and again, got my dad to thank because he he wanted to go see this. So my MCU love really stems from my dad wanting to see uh, this movie. So we saw it uh, as you know, kind of. Th- especially at that time, almost this standalone experience. It was an introduction for me who was not previously into comics really at all. And, um, love the way the character was portrayed. And really it's funny that we, this was only the true beginning for what would be just absolute stardom, um, on a different level for someone like Chris Evans, who, uh, I would argue this is one of the, the best superhero castings ever. Um, and I think a lot of people no would doubt. agree with that. Not even a question. Yeah. One of them. So, uh, in terms of the release and box office, uh, this came out in 2011. Uh, July, was it, John? Uh, I don't have it up, but I think it was July or June. It was a summer movie for sure. 
And uh, do you have any of the, the box office numbers? Yeah, it did $370 million, um, which is good. It, you know, nothing, nothing to be shy about. It, it's good numbers, but I was shocked to see that Thor actually outdid uh, Captain America in the box office. We said last week uh, Thor did four forty nine, and ca- uh, Cap did only three seventy. So, like, you think that's of, very surprising. You think about where the, I mean, I wonder if it's just because Cap is so in the zeitgeist, and we're so like, I mean, he is the leader of the Avengers, and those movies have been so successful, and you know, we're kind of, you know, we're really into Cap now. So, I wonder if maybe we're just, you know, not really thinking from the lens of two thousand and eleven. I think it was the Chris Hemsworth fangirls that made up <laughs> that almost extra hundred million. <laughs> just, That's possible. <laughs> Both great Chris. And this was also release day was also uh, July twenty second, uh, twenty eleven. By the way, but yeah, definitely, definitely summer. I think I, maybe that's why. I wonder what other movies were out around this time. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, that's a question. Of course, that could be answered another day. But I wonder if if that had anything to do with that. I could have. Um, blockbusters. It's funny because I remember seeing that movie, and I think a lot of people were in the same boat as me. It was, you know, relatively new to to loving Marvel or really just liking Marvel at that point, and saying, "Hey, this movie looks interesting. I'm going to go see it." Obviously, now they could just be like, Marvel could be like Captain America four, and everyone would be like, "I'm buying tickets right now." But different times in 2011. Well, was the, um, only if, didn't they give a fake name for the third Captain America movie at one point when they were doing their unveiling of Phase Three? Maybe it was Phase Two. I forget how the phases work. But like it they, was originally, yeah, yeah, it, it was Civil War was originally it was called Captain America Serpents and some, Serpent Society. Serpent Society. That was never yeah, the real name. It. That was just like that. They literally just showed that at the beginning of the keynote and like kind of mapped out as they do what the next couple of years would be. So Captain America Serpent Society popped up, and literally ten minutes later they took it back and said, "Nope, just kidding, Civil War." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that actually, which is uh, pretty funny. That keynote's awesome. Um, you should you should look at you should watch that. It's awesome. That's one of the that was one of the best presentations. Yeah. Like that was there was just so much hype behind that. Is that SDCC that you're talking about? No, it was just like this thing where Marvel was like, "Hey, it's a random Tuesday, and this is happening today. We're going to show you our entire slate of movies for the next like six years." Came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was just a big Marvel thing. It was at Hall H, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I, I could be wrong on, on that, but I just remember. Yeah, it was just a random thing. It wasn't a specialized. It was cool, you know. Thing. It's a fun watch. Yeah. If you find, it's on YouTube. The whole thing. It's it's worth the watch for sure. Uh, you guys want to queue up the the original trailer for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get that trailer going. Rogers, Steven. Just give me a chance. Sorry, son. I'm saving your life. General Patton has said that wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. Our goal is to create the greatest army in history. I should be going with you. Look, I know you don't think I can do this. This but... isn't a back alley, Steve. It's war. But every army begins with one man. Five tries in five different cities. I can offer you a chance. He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. 
because of weakness knows the value of strength, knows the value of power. That wasn't so bad. That was penicillin. We are going to win this war because we have the best men. Now, Mr. Stark. Nay, will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. Think. I think it works. All right. What do we think? I want to go watch the movie again after seeing that. Seriously. That's by far the best trailer that you know we've reviewed so far. No doubt. That's oh that's the same feeling I got. I want I just want to watch the movie again. Um I was surprised that they revealed Red Skull in the trailer. It, it seemed like that was something they built up pretty well in the movie. I don't know. I don't remember seeing that trailer beforehand uh, and knowing that Red Skull was going to make like a full like face reveal appearance. So I remember that being a pretty cool moment the first time we saw him. It's funny because I don't remember as I'm sitting watching this trailer, seeing it back in 2011, but I must have because I went and saw the movie and I, I know that, you know, my dad and I were hyped to see it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. We talked about the evolution of trailers as we went on here. Um, and this did a nice job of of building up slowly right from the beginning and kind of even almost chronologically telling the a little bit of the story that we were going to see so um thought it thought it did a good job it's so uh you know i will get into this a little bit more so jarring seeing little chris evans oh i know after seeing what we've seen for the last five six movies and i do have a note in there that that uh that cgi hasn't aged as well as i wanted it to um and the more it's one of those things the more you look at it the more you notice it like it's it, that's a tough thing. I think even in 2020, that's a tough thing to pull off for like, was it 30 minutes of a movie at least? Um, it, it it doesn't doesn't crush it for me. Like when I when I see it, I kind of just forget about it and just you know suspend my disbelief for a little while. <laughs> that's so funny you say that because in my notes I have the Steve effects still hold up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, we're watching the trailer. Uh, they come out right with it. Like here's our CG work, and I I don't know why. It works well enough for me. I don't know. I I think it does pretty well. Yeah, it definitely gets. It, it's not distracting. Like it, it's it's to the point where like it, it definitely gets the job done, and it's not too much. Um, but when you start to look at it, is when you can really see the seams. And I'm one of those guys who, when I see a movie in the theaters, I do not notice CGI. Like I am just in it for the theater. I don't even think of, twice about that. I never think about CGI. But then when I rewatch a, a movie on my like on my home TV for whatever reason, I'm like looking intently and I'm kind of picking up on that stuff. One of the other things we'll talk about later in the series is uh, Black Panther. Like Black Panther the final fight is apparently like classic awful cgi it looks like just two rubber bands fighting each other and i never noticed that in the, in the theater when i watched it but if you watch it now you can definitely see what people are mad about <laughs> you're yeah, kind of in the same boat um 
I feel like in the theater, it's almost like this equalizer of sorts. Whereas I'm not paying attention as much, or maybe I'm just not seeing the the visuals how I want to. And then I get home, uh, whether it's the 4K, the Blu-ray, digital release, um, and maybe it's just because we have better setups almost at home. But uh, you watch that, and you can really pick apart nice visuals, mediocre ones, not so good ones, especially as time goes on. For sure. Uh, so I I kind of feel like that's a thing. Rashawn, uh, you you had some other thoughts on on the trailer. Yeah, for sure. And real quick, just a quick fact check on my part. Uh, that thing that John and I were talking about, that was at the El Capitan Theater. I don't know where the heck I got Hall H from. I, so I just wanted to fact check that when they had unveiled four years worth of content. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I actually um, I looked that up too. It was October 29th, 2014. It was like yep. the same day they just announced, hey, we're doing a presentation in like a couple hours. All these journalists are invited. Stay tuned. And they unveiled Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War Part 1 and 2, Captain Marvel, Inhumans, and Avengers, Infinity War Part 2. So, 1 and 2. So, they unveiled all of those in one day without, like, any prep. It was insane. Yeah, literally best day to be a nerd. Um, but anyway, in terms <laughs> of the trailer, uh, yeah, man, th- this trailer. Now, the thing for me is this is when I really get to truly remembering the trailers. A couple of the other ones I remember watching, just little snippets from them, but, f- like, from the start to finish, I, this is where I start remembering a lot of these trailers. And I just remember seeing this for the first time and being like, they're making a movie about this Captain America guy, man. Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is going to be terrible. What, what, blah, blah, blah. And I think one of the things that goes into that box office score too, that drop that we see, I think is because not necessarily people felt the same way as me, but I think when you think, oh, Thor, God of Thunder, right? Chris Hemsworth, word of mouth probably spread. You think about Incredible Hulk, you think about Iron Man, right? Then you think about Captain America and to the general public before Chris Evans' uh, rendition, just to do with the shield. Like, yeah. And he talks about the American way. Like, what is interesting about that? At least the other guys, you can pick something right away that's interesting. With Cap, you just like, oh, he has a shield that he throws. Yeah, Cap, Cap was basically just Marvel's Superman with less cool powers, basically. Like, that's how I always thought of Cap. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of probably what went into that difference. I don't. I can't put myself in that, like, that... That, that time piece where it's like not being excited for a Captain America. It's so hard to think of a time where Cap, I know. Cap wasn't <laughs> like this. <laughs> right. It's hard to kind of think about now, especially a year later you had Avengers and that just skyrocketed everything in the, the MCU, all of these heroes. And, uh, you know, it made people interested on, on a whole new level. And it's to the point, like if you, uh, fast forward ahead to Infinity War and Endgame and how attached people got to these characters, probably including the four of us and, you know, shedding tears at happy moments and not so happy moments in some of those movies. Kind of amazing that we care that much about them. It's just a testament to Marvel uh, story development, character development and all the actors that portrayed these characters. It's just unbelievable to, to think about. Um, why don't we... Well, let me ask you, uh, do you guys want to jump into uh, favorite non-Captain America character? Or do you want to go through uh, just some of the, my notes that I had? Go through your notes. Let's, yeah, let's see, right. notes, see what you got. So, this will maybe spur on some uh, some good conversation here. I uh, I probably had the most notes of any of the movies we've watched so far, just kind of you know jumping through everything. But in particular, in this rewatch of the, the MCU... More than ever, I've maybe I'm looking for it, but I can't believe how many 
little story moments stemmed in these origin movies or how many little Easter eggs are there and weren't there just for fan service, but were there all the years later when we got into the sequels and the Avengers movies. It's, it's truly remarkable. Um, early in the movie, they mentioned the quote unquote, the jewel of Odin's treasure room when talking about the Tesseract. Very nice tie in. The other thing is how nicely they they tried to to tie all these superheroes together before Avengers that I wasn't looking for when I originally saw these movies. But in hindsight, looking back, it's it's kind of amazing how many times Marvel would give a wink to Thor in a movie like this or in Iron Man tease Captain America. It's really quite impressive. Yeah, that's stuff that there's no way that I was catching the first time watching these <laughs> movies. Like it's a rewatch is really necessary for a, a franchise this long that's been planting that many seeds. No, Dell, I do have a question for you because you were probably a comic book fan more so than we were before you saw some of these movies. Would you say looking at Captain America or Iron Man, any of these movies we've seen so far, uh, that you felt like you recognized a, a lot of these smaller details or Easter eggs? Uh, it's probably hard to say without the hindsight of the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be transparent. No, I, I missed a lot of that stuff. You know, my comic times were in the, you know, the night the 80s and 90s and so like fast forwarding 20 years i'm missing lots of you know references and i was never a big cap guy in the comics and you know just i was always off put just by how corny he you know he came off to me but um yeah i i'll, I'll i haven't seen too many things i'm like oh my gosh but you know uh john to your point you talk about all the easter eggs that we didn't know that they were putting you know all the little nods that we didn't realize it's kind of fun to think, okay, well, what did they put in Captain Marvel that's going to take us a couple of years to realize? Yeah. What did they put in Black Panther? You know what I mean? It's, I want to think that they're continuing to do that, uh, which makes it those movies even more exciting to think about how much more they're going to be realized in the, the years to come. That's a great point. You just got me real excited. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um, I, I put a just a question here and i said what villain problem because if we remember back to those days around uh the release of the avengers it was always marvel has a villain problem and people are always writing about that and i think it was only because maybe they were comparing some of what we saw in the early mcu to dc uh in their movies obviously dceu was not around yet but at that point you know what we had gotten in those movies and tv shows and comics the villains were always very strong and looking back like I don't think the Marvel really had a true villain problem. Um, they got better as time went on, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't say it was necessarily a problem. Red Skull is a nice uh, villain for a movie like this, I think. And it makes it even all the more cooler to see that, that throw in to Infinity War and Endgame all those years later. So like when we see him... Uh, essentially kind of wrestling with the Tesseract towards the end of this movie. Like the whole time I'm like looking to see like if I can see where he's being jettisoned yeah, off to. Vormir there. Hugo, Hugo to that. Weaving's portrayal was, was great in my opinion as the Red Skull. He, th it was so good in this for, uh, for a lot of people that there was, uh, and they it finally got confirmed, uh, but there was fan theories for, for years that he didn't die, that he got teleported somewhere. Yeah. Even though it kind of looked that way, they could have easily written it as, oh, he died. And for the longest time, that's what it seemed to be. Um, and people asked for his character to come back, and mainly him, uh, for a while. And, you know, complications happened with that. Um, but I, I, I kind of agree with you, Joe, but I also do see what a lot of those people are talking about. Because I was one of those people. But going back and watching now, I'm kind of like, 
maybe I'm just desensitized to it at the moment because I don't, I don't, because you got to think these MCU movies came out right after uh, the Dark Knight, or at least that time and everything after. So every villain is being compared in that like three to five year span. Every villain's being compared to the Heath Ledger's, uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. So of course, every villain seems weak. In comparison, and that's I, really true. I, I think this movie benefits so much from the hindsight of Infinity War because I remember specifically watching this movie for the first couple of times. My biggest takeaway was always the third act really falls apart, and I think that climax with that fight was always just so jarring and to me just very anticlimactic, where they're kind of just like mid fight and then he grabs a tesseract and he's just gone. Um, but now that we have that context and they, I would say that's probably more of a retcon than something that they planned. Um, and we see him on Vormir. Um, and so Red Skull's back. That's a really cool moment for Infinity War. That was always a pretty jarring ending for me, uh, in terms of just that final boss fight, or I keep using video games for these movies, boss fight. Um, but I mean, it, it works now, now that we're, you know, now that we're post Infinity War, it's fun to watch and see like, oh, okay, that's how Red Skull, Red Skull gets there. But I do remember watching that and be like, eh, that was, that was weird. Hugo Weaving's presence is really nice in this movie. Um, my one of my favorite moments is when how he says schedule. I don't know why that always makes sense. <laughs> the German accent. Um, so <laughs> uh, when we were eating dinner tonight, I was like, "Hey, come on, let's let's sit down, Daisy. I'm on a tight schedule." <laughs> um, next note, I had rough CG on pre Serum Rogers. Sorry, yeah. Dell. Yeah, I'm with you. All good. It's all good. Uh, speaking of video games, John, because you said boss ter- uh, boss fight, and you keep mentioning other terms here. Uh, I put that I love the old school period a- aesthetics. Oh man, such f- as the movie theater that yeah. we see. I think the whole forties theme was just crushed. It was absolutely done like just perfectly in this movie. It felt uh, when I see the movie theater for whatever reason, it reminds me of Bioshock. Oh yeah. Uh, so if you played Bioshock, I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I think. I think for me, in some ways, I was kind of engineered to end up liking this movie regardless, only because um, I'm a big World War II guy. Like, World War II movies, learning about it, whether it's the U.S. history part, the world history part, I've always been into all of that. Um, So, of course, if you make a good World War II movie at the end of the day, and then you just drop a superhero in it, you're asking for me to like the movie. So... (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm in the same boat. I've I've always been uh, a history buff to a degree, and uh, that you know that helps with this or helped originally when I saw it in 2011. Yeah. Um, of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're good, Dell. I was Go gonna ahead. say none of us were alive in the 40s, but World War II, we've we've all learned so much about it, uh, either through school or movies or whatever. So even though none of us were alive then, this movie feels like how 1942 or whatever year it was. Um, was supposed to how we all imagine it to be right so it was very easy to slide into you know believability there and i think they did an awesome job with the aesthetic and i love the future aesthetics you know like what what did the future technology in 1940 look like yeah that alternate history where yeah that's really cool yeah with just his the, the pod that they used to like inject him with the serum like everything until you get to like to the tesseract weapons but everything else looks exactly like you would imagine Tech, you know, high technology to look like in, in 1942. I've seen the weapons that the soldiers used. Uh, I'm seeing some of the uh, aviation was awesome. Even um, like you mentioned, Dell, when they're, they're really injecting the serum into Rogers, when Stark, uh, like his console, I love that switchboard, all of it. That is just, it's a nice, nice job. And I think you nailed it. Like it's how we would have all imagined it to be. There's one thing that bothers yeah, me it, about that scene. I hate, 
in movies the cliche that when computers malfunction they start sparking i hate that and that's, that, that stands out to me every time i rewatch this movie i'm just like all right they're they're overloading so the the, the keyboard is sparking that makes a lot of sense um well, they were on, on the power grid, though. They were pulling from the whole New York City power grid. They sure so, were. Right? And we saw, yeah, we, we got a visual representation of that for sure. I'll be honest. If that stereotype with, with, with John's talking about is real, I would have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Every time someone claps and I get out of existence in these videos, my keyboard is sparking. Oh, does it? It just happens. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, one more. It just does. Yeah. One more thing to touch on. We're sort of in that area. Is uh, one of the other things I didn't really like uh, in terms of like the vibe and the, the setting. Um, some of the bigger set pieces, especially the indoor stuff, and this is more like of another CGI issue. They they just felt very empty. A lot of those big hangers where where Hydra was doing their stuff, they just felt like very very empty. That they didn't really kind of fill in a lot of the stuff there. One of the standout scenes for me is when. Um, Red Skull's giving like his speech to those those Hydra, all of his drones or whatever, and they all like salute him at the exact same time. And it is a very clearly like copy and paste CGI in this very, very empty like hanger. And well, that's really the only nitpick I have about the setting and the vibe. It just didn't, you know, didn't click. Makes sense. Um, so speaking of the technology, I love that we essentially have uh, what becomes the Stark Expo. They don't call it the Stark Expo. Um, I don't remember world exploration. Was it the world fair? Yeah, it might've been that. The world fair um, was a real thing. Maybe I'm getting confused with the real thing. Something tomorrow. World of tomorrow, maybe. Uh, either way, I, I love that, you know, I'm watching this movie and even later in the movie, um, Barnes and Rogers just interacting with Howard Stark. Just a little bit ironic to me, it, obviously for what we see in civil war with them really button heads with his son all those decades later. Just a, a little bit that I, I liked. It, it's cool seeds that are planted about like uh, Tony being jealous of his father's relationship with Cap because you can really see Howard Stark like take, you know, like really, I don't know if it was like a father-son dynamic. It definitely wasn't that, but he was definitely admirable to, to Steve Rogers Just throughout the movie. Of, of that creation. Yeah, like he kind of went from, a, from that very stark stereotype or like playboy, like looking to, you know, just be that kind of guy to just wanting to help this dude. Like you can tell he had a lot of respect for him and you see that relationship progress. And speaking of, uh, back to the 1940s point, how perfect is, is Howard Stark for that? Like, I think he nailed it kind of like that. What you'd imagine a playboy from that era to, to be like, just how he talks, how he talks to agent Carter, um, even like kissing the girl on stage. It's just, yeah. it's kind of, it's funny. Yeah. That line that he had on stage uh, when the floating car doesn't work out. I said it was a few years <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's kind of a nice, uh, nice nod to Tony later on just being better, right? Like being the natural evolution in the Stark family. Yep. Uh, two quotes come to mind. I can do this all day. Uh, from Rogers becomes a classic line. He says it a few times in this movie, says it throughout some of the, uh, Captain America and Avengers movies later on. Uh, also, don't do anything stupid till I get back uh, is a line that is repeated later on in the saga. Always uh, love those callbacks. Uh-huh. Last week, uh, John, I believe you brought up that uh, Thor was the first movie in which you kind of paid attention or made were made aware of the music. So the musical score. Yeah. Um, I think in this one, it is so iconic. The just any time something patriotic happens, right? Like that's Captain America's theme. Kind of that low key. Uh, triumphant sound that we hear and you hear it throughout the movies and even when Cap makes appearances in uh, some of the Avengers movies 
it just you know immediately and it captures the total essence of the movie and it's one of my favorite soundtracks in the entire mcu i don't know if that stood out for anyone else yeah alan silvestri actually is the composer uh for this movie and he did the avengers movies as well too so it's really seamless i think that's maybe where some of the subconscious love that people get for (laughs) um for cap through the avengers movies and it hit just really hits for his movies and everything as well um i I think it's great because i think in iron man all his all all the themes in the iron man movies they're all different i think they all Mm -hmm. had different composers but you know with alan silvestri he was used so much more in the mcu and he's just he's alan silvestri he's like a really accomplished you know movie composer so um i just love it and i'm sure that part of the reason i love cap is his handiwork you know yeah that's a great point that yeah and rashawn consistency seeing them not just do captain america but do the avengers movies later on uh there's there's definitely a lot of the production team on the various captain america movies that we'll get to that it stemmed from this and they they went on to do a lot of really neat stuff in the the mcu um Roger's getting the flag uh, when they're they're running, uh, you know, they're jogging and he's the first one to, to capture that flag. So he gets the, the ride back. Right. I love that. He just beats the other guys by using his brain. And it's just a smug little way that he does it. And he gets that flag and hands I love it. that he gets it. And then he just walks over. And he's just like, yeah, he just hands <laughs> it over. He gets it like he he's not expecting like anyone else would be like, oh, they're probably not going to let me go. He just gets yeah. right on the truck and it just goes away. <laughs> it's like, I don't got anything to say to y'all. <laughs> yeah, and no one says anything to him, right? Yeah. Like, what do you say at that point? You got the flag. Right. They didn't say you had to climb the pole to get it. They they did a great job uh, setting up why he was the one why he was the one picked for that project with that you know, with that flag scene and then I don't know if you have it in your notes but jumping on the grenade the dummy grenade stuff like that they did a great job of setting up why he was the clear clear choice there. The one thing I put in my notes that sums up why this made me appreciate the Captain America character just just so much is when. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character, the the uh, the general, was talking to the scientist. Um, He's a colonel. Thank you very w- much. Or co- colonel. So sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, that matters actually. Some <laughs> 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 um, <wrong> people. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, when he when they're having that conversation and he's like oh come on like uh the, there's the one guy he's just like listen he's a soldier man like why don't you pick him he's a soldier and. Stanley Tucci's character said he basically wasn't going for it. But the thing that came to mind is like, yeah, like that guy's a soldier, but that dude has the heart of a hero. They didn't obviously articulate that, but the look on his face acting without saying anything told that whole told that whole story. And of course, in the next scene, um, he basically articulates that too, Steve. He's basically like, listen, like I want a good person. I just want a good man at heart. And never lose that. And that's something that I've applied. I apply not because of this movie, but just ideals that I personally have that I apply that to myself, which I really resonate with that scene. Um, so I really, really appreciate that. Um, and that, and again, that that whole scene, the, those two scenes for me sum up everything about Cap that we see from start to finish. Yeah, Rashawn, that's a great point. Uh, they come. It becomes a theme throughout that it's. Captain America really what what makes Steve Rogers special is his heart. It's what he believes. It's who he is, right? Like you can add the muscle later on as they prove 
but you can't change what's inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next point on here was the uh, uh, Dr. Erskine. I love uh, Stanley Tucci's performance. Uh, in particular, one thing I just wanted to mention here, because I know we'll circle back to him, uh, is his discussion as he's sitting down with Rogers on the night before the, the procedure's done, and they're talking about Hitler and fantasy and how that that's really the difference between Hitler and Red Skull is, you know, it's a theme we talked about in on our Thor MCU show is that it's magic until it becomes science almost, mm-hmm. right? I was thinking uh, that. That's what we're kind of figuring out. Like this world is quickly becoming a universe where all all these people are just act with some of the technology that they can develop. And I thought that that was a really nice commentary on, on what separated those two guys. And it was important for Red Skull's character because what would make him anything, you know, you have Hitler, who's the ultimate bad guy. Uh, but that was a nice way to kind of separate those two a little bit. Um, uh, the dance, the dance uh, between uh, Steve and Agent Carter that they they talk about. Obviously, that becomes a nice little common theme throughout the Captain America movies all the way up uh, until the the chilling end of Avengers Endgame. So sweet that we had to wait all that time, but you know we, we eventually get it. Uh, the quote, cut off the head and two shall take its place, becomes a, a Hydra mantra throughout. Very important. And the uh, last note that I had is uh, during the Captain America kind of promo tour, when he becomes Captain America, not the hero, but really the stage guy, um, they mention all the cities, and Buffalo is the first one to get a shout out. Uh, probably because Christopher Marcus, who co-wrote this, is from Buffalo, New York. Uh-huh. Now, Christopher Marcus co-wrote this with Stephen McFeely. They did Avengers uh, Endgame, Infinity War, and they did uh, the two uh, Captain America movies after this. So pretty awesome. You know, we're a bunch of guys here from Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. If you don't know and you're watching or listening to our show here, that's a, a nice little mini common thread. It's a nice little thumbs up for our area. It's always cool. I, think right, I, think, I think the writing has something to do with it. But also, I mean, at that time, Buffalo was, you know, a, a considered, you know, a major city. Not anymore, unfortunately. But to some degree, it was a bigger city back then than it is now. <clears throat> so yeah, it's not I, like it's forced. I love it so much. Any mm-hmm. anything Buffalo, I, I'm sure you guys are the same way. I'm always like, yeah, 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 it's us. Yeah, that's it. We did that's it. Us. Del, isn't that your uh, your Twitter banner, the Buffalo? That's mine, and it's yeah. been on and off forever. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's on our Facebook. <laughs> it's just so great. It's like it's, it captures everything about like me. Yeah, right? so yeah. I, just, I, I love Marvel. I love Buffalo. Like, let's do it. Perfect. So, yeah, for sure. I love it. That's funny. That yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I think you should. Yeah. Um, that like I said, that's all I had uh, for notes here. Another uh, nice little tidbit. If you're looking for more Captain America, uh, go to thegeekiverse.com. We've got a, a nice series that we wrote up in the lead up to Infinity War, but it still rings true. Uh, it was called Some Assembly Required. Some fun facts about the movie, a quick synopsis. Um, and we talk about a, f- a few other things there. But uh, favorite non-Captain America character. Why don't we go there? There's a nice cast of characters to choose from here. Um, whether it's a hero or a villain. Uh, I think we'll have uh, some different responses here, and I could make an argument for a lot of them. Yeah, I but think this we... is the best supporting cast of the of Phase 1. So far. I, I would say. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. For sure. I think that's fair to say. Rashawn, why don't we start with you? Uh, who's uh, the favorite non-Captain America character in the film, if you could just pick one? Oh, man. Um, uh, I would say... 
Listen, I would I always gotta respect the ladies, man. So I'm a, I'm gonna go with Peggy. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Peggy. There's a, there's a lot here, but I'll, I'll leave that to my to the rest of you fellows. Um, I'll, I'll go with her, and the in the reason why again, I think this is the romantic in me going back to how I feel about Tony and Pepper. Um, but I just like how he was like she becomes a lot of the inspiration for him. Like, of course, like. You know, you see in the beginning, like he goes on the date with Bucky or whatever, and the girl's not paying him any attention um, or anything like that. But I think when Peggy and Steve first have that conversation, even though I don't know if the relationship works, to be honest, if he doesn't become Captain America physically. um, But I do I do think that they made it a point in multiple scenes by the way she looks at him, that she he piqued her interest just based on who he was. And the conversation, again, they had in that car ride, um, the little bit of dialogue they had before the procedure um, that that caught her eye. And just seeing and seeing that thread and again, the dance. I mean, come on. uh, You know, that that was something that was sweet. I love the way how uh, I love the way she got upset when he got caught kissing the other girl and then with the shield (laughs) as a uh, as a as, as a girl should. Hey, does this work? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. And then she, she actually just shoots. Fires it off. That's, that's great. And then they both just look at um, um, Stark and, and, and Steve just look at her and are just like, what the and i think they looked at it in a like oh that's a sexy like sexy kind of way i don't think they looked at it like oh my god this girl's crazy i think they looked at it like all right oh i want i want more of that (laughs) (laughs) and so and 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 i don't and i don't blame them Haley Atwell's a uh beautiful lady but um yeah man uh she i i i i I like their dynamic um it obviously makes sense why we didn't get more of it you know obviously for story reasons um but again, the way that, you know, the MCU, as we know it today is, you know, quote unquote, wrapped up, quote unquote, it, it, it ends on them, which is so sweet for all of that. So we're, we talk about it with every show, but how that comes full circle um, to, to close things out for now. So yeah, I think uh, we, mentioned, I, we mentioned it on Pluscast. I just finally uh, a few weeks ago watched my first few episodes of Agent Carter. I, I like uh, Agent Carter. I was upset when that got canceled. I understand why, but yeah, yeah. I uh, I really, really have enjoyed the the episodes I've seen so far. I'm long overdue to see it. Uh, John, you had a point. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say they do a really good job of making her. Not that he needs it, but he um, she's his mor- moral compass in this this film. Like every time he starts to stray a little bit, Peggy always comes back and just reminds him of what he's really there for. Um, there's like three or four different beats where he kind of just starts whether it's succumbing to rage or doing X, Y, or Z, she always kind of pops back into the picture and just like lights that spark. It's like, this is what we're here for. So she is that, that moral compass and that works really well. And the thing that separates her for me too, that I, that I love, um, she ain't no pushover. I mean, the series will tell you that, uh, agent Cardo will tell you that, but out of all the romantic interests that we've got so far, um, I know, you know, spoiler alert, Pepper gets her moment a little bit later, but present day where this where the mcu was listen she could she'll she'll squirrel with you too like don't don't think you can mess with her and and get away get away scot-free uh you got to deal with cap and then you got to deal with her too um so i did appreciate that uh she wasn't just another damsel in distress character she could actually defend herself and handle herself in combat situations well if needed had she been alive in the story in Endgame, I would have had her right at the front of that that all female centric moment. Oh yeah, I think. 
Um, and uh, yeah, to John's point, moral compass, I think that's awesome. But you know, behind uh, behind every good man, right, or every relationship, there, you know, you're you're there to steer your partner on, and that's kind of the beginnings of of what we see. Unfortunately, the relationship, you know, ends in a way there, uh, but it endures in other ways throughout the the MCU. Uh, Dell, why don't we go to you next? Favorite uh, non-cap character? Yeah, for me, it's Doctor Erskine. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, the, the movie starts out, and it's the it's the U.S. you know versus Germany in World War in World War Two and everything, and um, very quickly it becomes not the U.S. versus Germany, but um, good versus evil. I mean, Erskine's quote for me was just like it, it hits you me like a ton of bricks when I when he says it. He says people forget that the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. And because yeah. automatically, when when Cap hears, I'm sorry, when Steve, he's not Cap yet. When when Steve hears that accent, you, you can tell he's like taken aback, taken aback a little bit when he hears um, that German accent. But I think Erskine does just such a great job of just articulating that, you know, in just such a way, like, oh wow, you know, like we're we're all humans, we're all kind of in this together when it comes to fighting evil, no matter where we live. Um, and that's why I think I think they did a great job of that, taking you know such a you know captain america such you know such a very specific you know name for a superhero that would kind of alienate the rest of the world you know from a i'm talking about from a real world real world marketing perspective you know why does somebody in europe want to go watch captain america or you know um so they do a really good job of you know for those that went to see it falling in love with the character so that's why that's you know part of the reason why i think he becomes more and more popular because it's not just about he can be captain good it's kind of a dumb name but um, <laughs> that's really, you know, who he is. And then also uh, Erskine is um, Steve's Yinsen, right? And, mm-hmm. and he's, mm-hmm. or his Uncle Ben, or however you want to look at it. Yeah. All, all these superheroes have a tragic character, but uh, that helps, you know, them become who they are. But, you know, that the fact that while he couldn't speak, his final, you know, uh, motion or whatever, the, his final idea he gets across is he points at Steve's heart. Beautiful. You know, that oh, was so good. He Jeez. he's such a and that's Stanley Tucci, right? Like he just he nails it no matter what role he's in, whether he's that the the that crazy host from Hunger Games or he's you know some, I forgot some, about that. Right? Or some some German uh doctor on the run from uh from his old country. Like it's just he he just nails it. And, and so I think Erskine is such an important character in this. And there's so many, like it was said, um uh it's such a great supporting cast, but he, he has my vote. If yeah. you listen to the, some of the things he says, like how I don't know how much screen time he had, probably in total, what five minutes, five ten minutes. He spits the most facts out of that five to ten minutes that you will ever hear in any like in any comic book movie. If you just listen to the things that he says, you can apply that stuff in, in so many different ways, and it and it explains why Steve Rogers is is just awesome now. Very impactful for sure, and I I, think I would agree with Dell. I think that that would be my choice, but I'll I'll pick someone else to to make it a little interesting uh, after I get to John. But with Erskine, I think there's so many meaningful moments, and Dell, you hit on a lot of them, especially uh, his ending. He didn't have to say anything to to be such an impactful character, and you just pointed at the whole reason that Steve Rogers is going to become Captain America, and it, it's because of his heart. And I like some of the the finer humor moments with him, uh, like when he offers him a drink, and he goes, "No, no, no, you have procedure tomorrow," <laughs> and he takes it. I do not. Um, yeah, he's he's trying, he, tried, he tried getting him to wait, and he was like, I don't know. Drink it tomorrow. I'll drink it I now. Have, I don't have to wait. He's like, did you and, save me any of that schnapps? He's like, uh, not a lot. Not as much as I should have. Think about yourself being like, if you can, 
in Roger's shoes there. Like, that's a very scary moment to, to be going into something like that. That is so unknown. Like, you could die. It could be really, really bad. I feel like Dr. Erskine really would be the guy to put you at ease. Yeah. And he did with little moments like that. Like, you know, not as much as I should have. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Or um, uh, when he he's asked where he's from when we first meet him. I don't remember what he says from his American city or state. Somewhere in but New he York, says, yeah. And before, before that, Germany. Uh, so because you know when you're asking him, you're assuming he's gonna say I'm from Germany, but he's saying where he is from in America, and then oh. so these little touches that make this character so endearing, so awesome. John, uh, what what character? Yeah, I'd echo all that. I think Erskine would have been my pick as well. Uh, great character, echo everything there. But I'll, I'll go with uh, Colonel Phillips, Tommy Lee Jones. I love his character. I think that's where it, I was going. Yeah, sorry. I think he brings yeah. the right amount of tension. Uh, it's not too much where you hate him. I think so many, so many of those times you'll get those characters where like, all right, you're the friction here, and there's nothing redeeming about you, and I'm really sick of this. So like, just get off the screen. We get it. We need to have some roadblocks here. I think that Tommy Lee Jones does a great job of just giving a little bit. He just all he always he's the friction, but he always just gives a little too. He's always kind of willing to see like, all right, what's what's this kid up to? What are, what is this duo up to? And in the end, mm-hmm. he's full on ally. I love. I just love the way his, his character is portrayed throughout the film. Yeah, that character is often forgotten in the MCU. I mean, it, it's understandable. He's just in the one movie, but I love Tommy Lee Jones. Just the things he says um, when he's talking to Erskine at first when seeing Rogers. <laughs> what does he say? He says, he makes me want to cry, or he something breaks like my heart. If you, if you if you stick if you stick a needle in him, it's going. He's something about if you stick a needle in him, it's going straight out. Right the through, yeah. There's two lines it's there. Right no, but he said if he makes <laughs> you want to cry. I think you're right. <laughs> it just gets me so like okay, yeah, that's it's, hysterical. Yeah. And then the one guy was like, "Someone give that kid a sandwich." Yeah, yeah, yeah that was one of them. My my favorite exactly. My favorite Philip line is that right at the end uh, when they're doing the chase down on the hangar. He's like, "I'm not gonna kiss you." I love, yeah. I love that i literally i was in hysterics last night watching that a lot of people complain not a lot of people but two people that i know that complain about some of the humor in the mcu where they feel like it cheapens the movie i gotta say that i think the mcu throughout the mcu the vast majority they find a way to interweave that humor without taking out the intensity or the importance of a moment and that's why it's so special they find that line between being goofy and being whimsical yeah i think it, and, and while that's that's an example of it for sure and i think in this specific case it, it points towards the casting and the acting like that could have easily not been the right time for that line but tommy lee jones just comes in and crushes it that's he's a pro yeah uh, him probably last thought on Tommy Lee Jones when he's sitting down with uh, Red Skull's uh, second in command. I don't remember that that doctor's name. Uh, Zola. Yes. Arnim Zola. When uh, when he's sitting with them, I, I do like that one on one sequence as well. Oh, Even yeah. just uh, like talking about the steak, and yeah. he's like, "What's in it? Cow." Yeah. Every time I see him eat that steak, man, I want steak. Every time I watch this movie, he's just like, man, he makes that steak look so good, man. (laughs) What's weird is I was watching it and I was like, I should get a glass of milk. (laughs) 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 Yeah, just an amazing, amazing uh, cast of characters here. I'm not going to pick anyone else because that was my, my other... You all, all three of you took the three I would have taken. So we're going to leave it at that, I think. Cool. Oh, that was kind of messed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got no one else, and I'm not taking Zola. 
So, Erzola, <laughs> Stanley's appearance um, plays a U.S. veteran uh, where uh, Cap is kind of on his tour. And uh, that was a, a laugh out loud moment for me uh, right in the middle of the movie. Um, and then Nick Fury is in the post credit scene, which is really not so much no, uh, post credit scene. Yeah, that's just the end of the movie. They didn't even cut to anything. The yeah, there was no title or anything. That was just the last scene. Uh-huh. The post credit so, scene for this was just trailer. It's a, it's a promo for the Avengers, right? Yeah. The 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 very end there. So, uh, interesting stuff there. Any uh any other notes before we get on to kind of the the final portion of this that we haven't covered yet? I love the end only because I'm going to bring it back to my pick about uh, <clears throat> uh, about Peggy being my favorite uh, supporting character in the movie. Is that <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say I can imagine, but I really can't like waking up 70 years later, you know, and I like how they try to uh, put him in his own setting to make him feel at ease. And he's just automatically calls BS on it. But then he. <laughs> Because you know, he goes to that baseball game, like ex- of all things, yeah. of all things, right? Exactly. Very like, how do, you, how do they pick the one thing that? Yeah. Anyway, um, he bulldozes out of there. Of course, he's in the middle of New York, looking in modern day, which is kind of cool to see after seeing the entire movie in the forties. Uh, and then the first thing he says, like, "Hey, like Nick Fury is like, you're gonna be all right." It's like, man, I had a date. I had a date. Like, <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> like, like, not like, because I've had that moment where like you oversleep or some, and then you look an hour later. Oh my god, I'm late for such and such, and I actually was late for a date once by 30 minutes because of something like that. I'm gonna be 70 years late yeah. for a date. The girl you finally one that you get is, oh man, you gotta you know, wake up 70 years late. <laughs> so, it's part of the, the irony of the character in, in a way, right? Like, and that's the first thing you thought of too, which, which is sweet as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a, a great way. And think how jarring that is to, to look around and see all of the skyscrapers and the, the lights and the TVs everywhere, the cars. Yeah, oh my goodness. Times Square, very like different. A, totally different world decades later. Like insane. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did uh, fail to, to get to here. Uh, does anyone, you know, everyone have that moment, that one moment that stands out to you? We probably already covered it in anything that we talked about here. I think if I had to isolate one myself, it's probably the the moment um, when Erskine is dying, when he points to Cap, because it's so meaningful when he points to his chest and implies, you know, you're you're all heart. This is why you were chosen. Um, anyone want to go first if they've got a moment that comes to mind that really stands out from this film yeah well uh so this is kind of like a bigger i don't know theme and just big piece of the movie and it it's also really prevalent in the first two i'm not going to include hulk because it doesn't really apply to this but in iron man and in thor as well the choreography they did with these these characters the first time cap fights with that shield just the moves and the choreography the way he bounces it the way we feel the weight of that shield like i remember for the first time seeing that and just being blown away like oh man like i never thought a shield could be a cool weapon and then he's just bouncing that thing around and just it's just so cool and they did the same thing with thor's hammer and then with just iron man in general i think that was such a cool we never really got that in superhero movies before the mcu it's like everybody is so unique and, the, and, and these characters are so well choreographed that like i don't know they all they're all so different but also cool yeah john it really uh, i had that note and erased it because i figured it'd be brought up um in the way that thor the movie established the dynamic and the sound and the look of how his hammer flies through the air or takes on an enemy it really did that a lot with cap shield in this too 
Um, and they, you know, they of course mentioned that it's vibranium, which is another wonderful nod to, to Black Panther uh, many years later. I was going to uh, uh, I was going to save it but since we're talking about the shield that is actually out of all things that is my one negative of the movie. He don't throw the shield enough. Oh, uh, enough. Okay. And and the, yeah, you know, not enough. Um I think one time years ago I actually did count the numbers between 9 and 11. I didn't count this time, but it's between 9 and 11 I believe. Hmm. And then just just a little we do our little nuggets for the future. You see, they address that right away in the in the future installments of Captain America. You can't even count how many times he throws the shield. So that was the one negative I had. I'm like, everything's great, but I'm like, I could have threw the shield more because I. And, and then coming from Thor and seeing that to what you guys are talking about, how they really established that dynamic uh, between Thor and his weapon. I feel like they could have did that just just a little more with Cap and the shield. But that's you know that's a nitpick I think in, in retrospect, but. <clears throat> it's it's worth it you know worth mentioning Rashawn what what about that moment for you that moment in the movie that that stands out or is memorable I uh, co-sign with you on any of the uh how do you say his name Erskine Erskine er- Erskine I, I co-sign with you on any on any of the stuff with him I think for me as silly as it may be uh I act, I don't know. I wonder how many people comment if you actually like the Captain America song. Because I'm not going to lie to y'all. <laughs> I've jammed out to that song a couple of times back in the day. <laughs> I am not. I, I, and I'm, I may or may not have watched the entirety of the credits recently when I'm watching this just to listen to that song. Because normally I would just fast forward to the end credits. But I may or may not have actually watched just to listen to the Captain America tune. So for me, again, in combination with the Buffalo stuff, I, I can't help but jam out to, to that. It's <laughs> a good answer. Respect it. Respect it. Del, uh, that moment in the movie for you. Uh, again, I have to go back to Erskine. You know, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. You know, I think that's just, that's the scene. You know, I, I think it's, I think it's great. And I like when he's holding up the, the garbage can lid <laughs> yeah that's good. good i don't know if that's the scene but i really i really love that scene and all the stuff he shares with bucky just resonates a lot later on once you see winter soldier you know and, and all the other interactions but yeah anything with erskine i think is great he's such he's such an impact you know on this movie and on cap and he's he's great so kind of final wrapping thoughts before we get to our rankings here. Um, that's one thing um, I feel like we didn't really talk about a lot. And I could have mentioned even as a secondary character, but uh, Bucky Barnes, um, you know, their dynamic, their friendship, he becomes very, very prominent uh, throughout the, the MCU and is uh, really um, a sticking point uh, as we get to civil war. But uh, it's funny looking back, uh, at their relationship and, and how it uh, kind of evolved through the movies. And, and uh, as we got to winter soldier, I think back and like, maybe I was just an idiot. I did not know that winter soldier was Bucky Barnes before winter soldier. I didn't I either. Know. And quite okay. frankly, as in depth, I was with comics, you know, and, and storylines again, I, I despise captain America. So I had, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no prior knowledge of that. Even watching the trailer didn't occur to me until I was actually sitting in theaters and I was like, oh my gosh, Same. that's who that is. Uh, but uh, Bucky Barnes and their their relationship, uh, it's, it's another point where we've got 
uh, depth for Cap's character. So Steve and and Peggy, like that's one reason he does what he does. That's one reason he fights. As John mentioned, it's the moral compass. Uh, Bucky is really another one and kind of a pain point as we get into some of the other movies, especially Civil War, right? Um, and then these are these are best friends who are are fighting uh, throughout Winter, Winter Soldier. So there's a lot of layers to that relationship and what comes uh, of Bucky Barnes. If anyone has uh, some comments on their relationship, the dynamic, or just the the character in general, why don't we start I'm with John? I'm oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, start with John. Go <laughs> no, ahead. No, you're good. I, sorry, I, don't, I don't have much on Bucky. You covered it. I'm good. Okay, Rashad. Um, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think I think the Bucky character gets a lot of flack. Um, I don't really get it. Uh, again, he's not meant to be Iron Man or Thor uh, or anything like that. He's meant to be obviously a, a supporting character, but I think he gives he gives Cap so much motive throughout every single movie that they're in together. Um, that I think, like I like I talk about how Peggy is is a lot of that uh, that moral compass. Man, Bucky is his rock, man. Like, and you see that throughout more, more so in the future movies. Like, I wouldn't say this movie is like, oh, Bucky, yeah. I, I, I think I feel more that way towards the Winter Soldier, obviously, and future, future installments. But I, I personally do think the Bucky character gets some, some unnecessary flack. Is he meant to do anything spectacular? No, uh, but he is meant to be that rock for arguably the most important character in the MCU. And I think he successfully does that. Even aside from the the fact that Sebastian Stan looks like a young Mark Hamill in many ways, I think oh, there's a lot me, of don't get me started. Don't get me started on my fan theories. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of fun uh, Star Wars dynamic there. Where, you know, him and their best friends, and it reminds me whether you look at Anakin and Obi Wan, or even a character like Anakin or Ben Solo going to the dark side and eventually being redeemed in a way. Really like uh, where that went in Winter Soldier. Uh, Dell, any any kind of closing thoughts on Bucky or the relationship at all? I think Bucky's just a good tool to illustrate Steve's loyalty. You know, just yes. you know, and we don't see that in this movie per se, but I'm with you to the end of the line, and and all that. One of the so, best oh. scenes. Thank you. <laughs> Special delivery. I just had to text my family yes. and say, "Hey, my battery's about to die." Oh, nice. So. <laughs> good stuff. And it's so, not in my backpack, my charger. So if I'm gone, I apologize, guys. Fair enough. It's all good. Audience, we'll get right to it. Uh, <laughs> John, let's, uh, why don't we get to ranking this thing? Yeah, let's do it. Ranking. We got the image up here. Depending on what y'all say here, we might have to fight. Really? We'll see. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to be in agreement, but uh, we might have to fight. You think yeah, we're we'll going to be in agreement? We'll uh, see. So right now, at least in the, in the realm of agreement. Right now we have right. uh, current rankings. Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Thor, the Incredible Hulk. Where someone throw out a spot? Where do you think? Uh, where do you think we start with this be, one? It should be number. I say number two. It shouldn't be lower than two. I would say. All right, let's start. So, let, Iron let, Man. Yeah. Go with let, Let's start with it. Uh, ahead of it's the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. We all like it yes, better it. than Hulk, right? Yes. Yep. We all like it better than Thor. I do. Yes. Yes. Me as well. Do we like it better than Iron Man 2? I no. do. I oh, do. Man. We're splitting. John's going to go with yeah. John's going to go with Iron Man. I, I know don't he is. I don't. Yeah. I, I think this is uh yeah, and it, it sucks I'm also the, the the deciding vote again it looks like, but 
I, I I think it's a good origin story. I think it's a very fun movie, but I don't think it touches what Iron Man does in any of the Iron Man movies to me. I think it's I think it's solid. It introduces Cap. Cap is much much <laughs> better in in all of his movies to come. I think oh. I think Iron Man is just Iron Man in every movie we get. So I would not put a, ahead of Iron Man two. So Dell, what what is your thought on this? <laughs> so, I respect. No, I no. love Iron Man. I love it so much. I it it kicked off the MCU and yeah. it's so great. And Robert Downey Jr. kills it. And I, I I hate it, but just this is so you you would have so this fun. number one. Yeah, I would oh, say wow. number one. Oh, wow. okay. That's the, yeah, number one. It, I um, like it. They did so much. They balanced so much with the the period film and all of the the, the thematic elements about you know being a good person and good versus evil. And it just the cast. I, I it's just it's it's great. I don't think it's it's not gonna be my number one next week. If I happen to join you guys, I'll just be real. But like, sure. um, no spoilers. But um, it it's just it's so much. There's so much they had to to juggle to make this movie. Preach, brother, preach. They they did it. They did it. And so I love Iron Man so much. I could watch it every day for the rest of my life. I enjoy it. But um, this is number one for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. It's respect very respectable. It. I respect it too. I, I I see it. It just Cap didn't do that for me back then. And even just rewatching that, I didn't get the full the full Cap experience that I'm used to and that that I get out of these these later Cap movies and especially the ensemble movies. It just it doesn't touch what what Iron Man did for me. So unfortunately, it stays at three behind Iron Man two. If you guys if you guys think this is controversial, wait until well, uh, two weeks from now when we get to Iron Man three. Just wait. Gonna I'm going to deliver some hot takes that the internet is not ready for. Just, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Right, like, so. part of me wants to... I, you are at home, let me tell you. It's, like part it's of, ugly and beautiful all at once. So, wait. So, th- wait, so this would be placed at three, John, because we're saying it's you guys are... It, it's voted that it's not better than Iron Man 2. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so the current ranking would be Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, now, Thor, Incredible Hulk. Rashawn... You have three snaps left. Uh, I'm. Listen, man. You just snap. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'll say this. I, you know, I don't want him to use it, but I feel like he could win that. He could. That is a definitely winnable one. Yeah, I think. I I think our conversation is is pretty much what you'll get out there. I think it's going to be pretty split. I wouldn't be surprised if more people, especially in the light of how far the characters come when they just see that poll. I wouldn't be surprised if you if you do win that, but. Interesting. Yeah. So why don't we'll get into our our, our wrap up here and Rashawn right before the end we'll reveal a few. Yeah. Like, give, right? get, let's 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 do this. No. Give me a get because we can do snaps later. Whatever right? you give, want. Yeah. Yeah. Give me give me a week to think about <laughs> if I want to use a snap oh. or not because that'll be the snap to end phase one if I Got decide it. to do it. So let let's give it a week. Let's let it marinate. Um, because you might have That's to. Fair. You might have to snap it ahead of Iron Man three next week. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's not next. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, next time we're, we're talking. Oh, about it, yeah. Ooh, it's getting juicy, folks. I'm so excited. All right, we want to hear from you, the listener. Where does Captain America rank so far in your MCU rankings? I'm gonna tell you something right now. Cap is in the middle of them posters behind me for a reason. He's, <laughs> He's the in the middle of our rankings, so it's well, appropriate. Te- technically, Iron Man's in the middle, but Cap is in the. He's in the forefront. He's the biggest character that you see in those posters. That's for a reason. Hey, that's fine. But this movie is not better than Iron Man 1 or 2. I'm sorry. Agreed. <laughs> I love that so I'll see so y'all much. next week. I'll see y'all next week. 
as we, we mentioned, we, we'll have to proportionally start leaving more time for this at the end because this is going to get really, really fun really fast. Um, Avengers might not be so controversial, but I'm telling you, Iron Man 3, it's going to get... Oh, it's going to get fun. I'm excited. So, uh, you are either watching the video at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse on our website at thegeekiverse.com or listening to it in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, or any major streaming podcast service. We're very excited that you took the journey with us today. We'll wrap things up with it where everyone is on social media um, and give a quick plug for our sponsor for the show. So, Dell, just in case we lose you here, I will uh, we'll cover for you. <laughs> Uh, but the show is presented by Fantastic, a division of 26 Shirts, uh, some of our best friends here in Western New York. Uh, Dell, where can people find you on social media and give your quick elevator speech for why you do what you do at Fantastic? Yeah, so Fantastic is, like you said, a division of 26 Shirts. And the whole purpose behind what we do is we try to sell T-shirts to people who love things, right? And so most of our stuff, you know, it's, as you mentioned, we're one of our popular ones, correct? Um, you know, we're based in Buffalo, so most of our, our stuff that we offer through 26 Shirts is Buffalo-based, but our Fantastic line is more of like a national-type brand that we offer, and it's the same uh, the same motivation. Just we want to – people love stuff, and people love to help, so we try to marry those two ideas together. And so at Fantastic.com, you can check out a bunch of cool geek-related gear, and uh, if you happen to be from Buffalo or Chicago or Pittsburgh, just go to 26Shirts.com, and you can see some some other, you know, sports-related uh designs there but you know we've been around for about six and a half years and we've raised over seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars so far uh just because so many people believe in what we do and uh we enjoy doing it yeah some of the best people you'll ever meet folks uh go check them out at 26 shirts.com slash fantastic of course we'll put some uh some links out there as well um be a part of uh doing good in the world and getting these guys to a million dollars because that would be pretty awesome uh every dollar counts so, Disruptoid. I just gave a gave away where everyone can find you. That's it. At Disruptoid. That's all I need to know. That's, uh, that's all I got. Legit. <laughs> I know. Usually, I think about like the next thing I'm going to say, and then I kind of like screwed it up myself. <laughs> Rashawn, where can people find you? What's going on at the Geekiverse, buddy? Yeah, man. In terms of Geekiverse shows, you can catch me here every week, MCU Reviewed. Uh, you can catch me on our bi-weekly gaming podcast, uh, Geek's Got Game. You can also catch me on our monthly Disney Plus uh, podcast where we discuss uh, Disney Plus news and, and content. Um, in terms of things outside of the Geekiverse, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at TrueKingZero. So if you are a gamer, you can catch me on Twitch. And if you just want to see everything we talk about here, just in text format, follow your boy on Twitter. Wow, look at uh, that. And Lo, look at the sleight of hand oh, he just had. That's good stuff right there. Professional. Yo, never seen one. I, I was like, what's happening? <laughs> I was, I was, was going to keep going, but then he had the sleight of hand. But that, yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, man, that was great. Oh, man. <laughs> good job, Dale. Um, we just got it in at like perfect time for you, like giving your plug and then moving on. So that was good. Um, all right. So I am at Josiah D. Leroy all over the Geekiverse, all over social media. We've got so many wonderful things going on. This is the end of our anniversary month. Uh, by the time you're seeing this, uh, it's been an incredible sixth anniversary month. We're celebrating with a few last things. First of all, which you can buy in our online store by the time you're listening and watching this, our sixth anniversary t-shirt. 
There it is. If you're watching the YouTube version, one more time right there. Uh, Limited edition. Once they're gone, they're gone. So get your hands on that soon. And we did do a bonus shirt because the Marvel series that we're doing here, the MCU reviewed. It sounds like you guys like it. You Geekiverse fans are really supporting it big time. It's one of our most well-received shows ever. And we're so thankful for you in taking this adventure together. Here's the bonus shirt, everybody. We are Groot. You got to get your hands on that because we are Groot. Am I right? Next week, boys. Avengers. One of the big ones. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. I'm excited just to watch it. It's been a while, actually. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's been it's been maybe two or three years, oh, which man. is crazy. I used to watch that movie yearly or monthly. It's been, yeah, it's been like two months for me. That's what I mean by it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been two days for John. That's that's how long it was. And that is a, a very important movie in the MCU. It is the one that launched this thing to stardom. Was a a, a gateway movie for a lot of people, such as myself. Uh, here we are all these years later, still obsessing over it. Can't wait to to watch it again. And in uh, a funny way, look at how epic I thought it was in 2012 and how it doesn't scratch the surface in a way of a movie like Infinity War or Endgame in terms of scale. So we hope you'll take that journey with us as well. For Dell, for John and Rashawn, I'm Josiah. We will see you guys next week for the MCU Reviewed.